So we're here to resume with our study of Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 11, Chapter 26, the Aila Gita, Aila meaning Uruguva. We've had a, a long break and we're just finishing up uh, this chapter. And today we'll, we'll conclude the chapter and then begin uh, the next chapter. We're up to text number 33. Now, uh, you may recall uh, the Aila Gita is his lamentation coming to realizing how his attachment to Urvashi uh, was destroying his uh, spiritual life or his life as such and that uh, was an association that put him completely on the bodily platform and therefore made his spiritual advancement uh, uh, null and void practically. Uh, there's a whole backstory. Uh, he uh, his time was the beginning of Treta Yuga, and he's the one that began to in- initiate karma, kanda, fire sacrifices, to become elevated to her planet. She's up there with the Gandharvakas. Uh, the Prophet one calls this group the semi-demigods. Uh, 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 and so uh, uh, now... Uh, He's uh, regretting all that, and uh, uh, his Aila Gita stopped with uh, uh, text number 24, his, his song of lamentation, uh, and his condemnation of sense gratification, Yurshita Sangi Sangam. It says um, the Bhagavatam elsewhere. So let me just to refresh you. Uh, I'll just read the translations from text 25 to where we're beginning today at 33. So here's the conclusion. And the, 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 the uh, final part of this chapter is glorification of association with devotees just as associating with Ravashi on the bodily platform is the opposite of beneficial association. So he's now going to recommend, Krishna's going to extol the association of devotees. Uh, To text 25, the Supreme Personality of Godhead said, having thus chanted this song, Maharaj Pururava, eminent among the demigods and human beings, gave up the position he'd achieved in the planet of Urvashi. So he'd gone there, uh, and he came back down. His illusion, cleansed away by transcendental knowledge, he understood me to be the supreme soul within his heart, and so at last achieved peace the sensation of the pangs of material existence. And then in 26, Krishna gives the moral of the story, an intelligent person 
should therefore reject all that association and instead take up the association of saintly devotees whose words cut off the excessive attachment of one's mind. And now he starts to... <coughs> Uh, he starts to glorify the devotees. My devotees fix their minds on me and do not depend upon anything material. They are always peaceful, endowed with equal vision, free from possessiveness, false ego, duality, and greed. For greatly fortunate Uddhava, in the association of saintly devotees, there is a constant there is constant discussion of me, and those taking part in this chanting and hearing of my glories are certainly purified of all sins. Oriyanta parasparam, as he says, we enlightening one another and talking about me. Uh, Grade before he addresses Uddhava in text 28 as Mahabhaga, and the word for saintly devotee is Mahabhaga. A very place and a very nice kind of uh, artful com compliment there. He goes on, text 29 one who hears chants and respectfully takes to heart these topics about me becomes faithfully dedicated to me and thus achieves my devotional service. What more remains to be accomplished for the perfect devotee after achieving devotional service to me, the supreme absolute truth, whose qualities are innumerable and who am the embodiment of all ecstatic experience. Just as cold, fear, and darkness are eradicated for one who has approached the sacrificial fire, so dullness, fear, and ignorance are destroyed for what engaged in serving the devotees of the Lord. So these three things, cold, fear, and darkness, with reference to fire, uh, uh, so when one is with devotees, dullness compared to cold, fear is the same, and darkness and ignorance are corresponding. And then finally, with text number 32, he says, the devotees of the Lord who peacefully fixed in absolute knowledge are the ultimate shelter for those who are repeatedly rising and falling within the fearful ocean of material life. Such devotees are like a strong boat that comes to rescue persons who are at the point of drowning. They're going up and down, up and down, Get a breath, go back down again, almost drown, come back up, get a breath, go. This is the suffering going up and down in the material world. So the devotees are compared to on a boat. Seen that comparison in various ways uh, frequently. So now uh, we are up to text number uh, 33. Where? where Krishna uh, continues his uh, uh, glorification of devotees with text 33. It goes like this. 
Just as food is the life of all creatures, just as I am the ultimate shelter for the distressed, and just as religion is the wealth of those who are passing away from this world, so my devotees are the only refuge of persons fearful of falling into a miserable condition of life. So there's a, com- a comparison there, three comparisons. Uh, anam, uh, uh, food, in more contemporary usage, Anam means grains. Prasad Anadiluba. Anam means grain, but the the original meaning is food. Anam. And when it says food is the life of all creatures, Anam hi praninam prana. It is the life, it is the prana for all those who have prana. Anam hi praninam prana. For those who have prana, anam is what gives them prana. Uh, so, uh, uh, in the same way, artana, those who are arta, arti, arta, arti, you know, are those who distress in the Bhagavad Gita, arti, arta, those who are distressed, uh, I am the shelter. So anybody who's in distress, which if you're in the material world, if you're not distressed, you don't know what's going on. You're taking, you know... Yeah, anyway. Uh, but uh, this is the distress condition. I am a shelter. Of course, sometimes you have to be in really in a corner like, like Ravasi, uh, like Ayla, Puru Ravasi, to actually come to the realization but. If, if you have any brains at all, you should understand. Uh, uh, you see these movies where the, the people are locked in a room and there's a ticking bomb and they're all freaking out. Well, that's life. <laughs> the ticking bomb is there. Uh, so he's the shelter uh, uh, for, uh, for those who are distressed. Uh, uh, including, uh, 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 and then another example, Aham Dharma Vittam Vinam Pritya, and as uh, Dharma, translated here as religion, is the Vitta, Vitta, you can say the assets, the wealth, the assets. Yeah, just doesn't mean money. It means whatever your assets are. Your real asset of people who are pratya. Uh, pratya uh, means uh, dead people. I think it says so in the, in the word for word. Uh, how do they define pratya here? Uh, men who have passed away from this world. A preta, with just without the Y, means a ghost. And preta, and actually sometimes it means just a dead body. 
But, but the very particular meaning is someone who has died before the funeral rites have been done. That's a preacher. I guess that's the time that ghosts show up and, and stuff like that. So it's a piece. peaceful preacher means those who have fairly recently left the world. Uh, that's the idea of preacher. So when, when you are going uh, from this world, from this world out, this done, what wealth do you take with you? What assets can you take with you? Dharma. Whatever Dharma, your good deeds. In the, in the medieval play, every man, the, the allegorical figure of good deeds says to every man, every man, I will go with thee and be thy guide <laughs> and always be by thy side and so on. Uh, uh, so that your karma goes with you. And you have good karma, then it's well. So, well, you get a better birth. Uh, so, uh, so for the samta, the word for devotee, uh, who are arvakipyata, fearful of going down, literally, of, of going into a worse life. Uh, I am the aranam, the the refuge. Uh, 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 yeah, this word arvak uh, it can be going hither or has also the sense of going down uh, the way it's translated here uh, in Vishnu Chakrabarti Thakur's commentary uh, Swami translates it just as food is the life of all creatures devotees are the bhakti for those desiring bhakti it's a very interesting translation uh, uh, um, just as I am the ultimate shelter for the distressed uh, devotees are the shelter of those desiring bhakti. Just as religion, dharma, is the shelter for those desiring help after dying, so my devotees are the only refuge for persons uh, fearful of falling into samsara uh, after having attained bhakti. So that, that, that's his uh, take on this here. This purport, uh, uh, Swami translates his following, his commentary. He says, without food, the prana cannot function. Food is therefore the prana of living beings. For those who desire bhakti, they seek devotees, since without the devotees, bhakti cannot be accomplished. It's definitely need that shelter. Uh, and so the implication is here that that uh, uh, when it's talking about uh, prana, uh, then because uh, uh, we're still talking about the devotees, he hasn't changed the subject. I am the shelter and protector of those suffering who are without shelter. You've got no other shelter, you can still take shelter of the Lord. 
Similarly, the devotees are the protectors of those desiring bhakti. Dharma is the shelter of persons fearing the ropes of time after dying. Similarly, devotees, protectors of the path of bhakti, are the shelter for persons fearing the ropes of the highway thieves called lust and anger after they are accepted the path of bhakti. The Reverend Atasko Swami has prayers to the mind and he compares to the mind of uh, uh, bandits on the highway who grabbed him around the throat of his back with their, his bad deeds. His mind uh, is like this bandit taking him from the path. So this is where this idea uh, uh, comes from. Uh, so he reads it as still uh, talking about uh, devotees, although they're not really... Ex- well, he does at the end, the, the santa, the devotees, are the, the refuge of those who are sure for going down. But even uh, uh, in the very beginning, uh, when, when Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur says that, says that devotees are the bhakti for those desiring bhakti. And I don't think that's explicitly uh, uh, stated there. That's the implication. Uh, uh, And you notice here now, in text number 33, uh, devotees, the word santa uh, uh, is used. And then in 34, again, santo tishanti chakshunsi. Bahir Akka Samutitaha Devata Bandava Santa Santa again three times now in the two verses Santa four times <laughs> Santa Atmaham Evacha So you can see how it's it's building up to the the uh, the conclusion. This is the last statement by Krishna, second to the last verse, the penultimate verse. So he says, Santo Dishanti Chaksumsi. The way it's translated, uh, my devotees bestow divine eyes, whereas the sun allows only external sight, and that only when it is risen in the sky. My devotees are one's real worshipable deities and real family. They are one's own self, and ultimately they are none different from me. Uh, uh, so here, this is the idea. They uh, they give the shantis, but the chaksunsi, and here arka samutita. Oh yeah, bahir. In the way that the sun gives, when it's risen, external sight, external eyes. That's sort of the direct uh, idea here. Uh, uh, But here, as they translate it, my devotees bestow divine eyes. Uh, uh, Whereas the sun allows 
only external sight and that only when it is risen in the sky. This is something like a little, uh, a little uh, the way it's translated here, one idea. The devotee is better uh, than the sun because those eyes give uh, spiritual vision. Uh, uh, and then the devotees are uh, Devata, your deities, Mandavaha, your relatives, and Atma, yourself, and me. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, let me read the, the uh, purport here from the BBT. Uh, there's a slightly different take on it by, by Vishnu Chagavarni Thakur. Um, uh, so the uh, purport in the uh, Bhagavatam here, the BBT uh, edition, foolishness is the wealth of the impious. Impious? We say impious. Some people say impious, sometimes impious. Who place great, great value on their treasure and make up their minds to remain in the darkness of ignorance. Remember, treasure has been talked about, fitta, fitta has been talked about in the last verse. Uh, uh, uh. Saintly devotees of the Lord are just like the sun. By the light of their words, the living entity's eyes of knowledge are opened, and the darkness of ignorance is destroyed. Thus, the saintly devotees are one's real friends and relatives. They are the proper recipients for service, not the gross material body, which merely clamors for sense gratification. So they, they picked up on things that, that really, uh, 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 two points. Uh, let, let's read Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur's purport. Uh, because... Uh, he goes, he, he says for this verse, uh, well, Dhaniswami translates it differently because he's following Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur, uh, although the way he does it is a little confusing. Anyway, my devotees bestow eyes to others so they can see me and also give illumination to the eye like the sun when it has risen in the sky, that illumination to the eye uh, uh, me, means the spiritual eye, the eye that they give. In other words, this, you have your eyes, the sun lights the object your eyes can see. But the sun is actually the deity who controls vision. So what devotees do uh, is... They're like the, the sun god who gives both the eyes and illuminates the objects so the eyes can see. So they're better than the sun, which only is there part of the time. Because <laughs> you may have eyes, but if it's completely dark, they're useless. So you can, you, once you have spiritual vision, it is uninterrupted. Uh, so uh, the way the world works uh, if you believe the Bhagavatam, is the whole world is laced together by the powers of the devatas. So the, the deva who controls all powers of visions 
there's even you know some single cell creatures that don't that have an eye spot. It just they can apparently, as far as we know, they can just tell light from darkness. And there's all kinds of things to determine for vision and, and, and all the creatures of the earth. Well, all those eyes are controlled by the sun. And also the sun does the other thing that illuminates whatever they see by their eyes. Well, the sun gives other things too, but that's, that's these, these things are connected. So everyone's eyes or visions are all connected together with, 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 with the sun. So, uh, uh, so the devotees are like the, the, the sun god, more, more than just, than it says they bestow eyes and get, illuminate the eyes, both. Huh? Uh, 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 so Vishnu says moreover for those who have dedicated themselves to the path of the devotees the devotees bestow all things necessary that's really far out if you've dedicated yourself to that path you'll see that you get what you need they really got all the resources of Krishna Uh, the devotees give eyes to see me directly. This means that they give the nine types of worship. That is Shravanam, Kirtanam, Shmanam, Parasevanam. Where else do you learn how to worship Krishna except from devotees? And you don't even have, what is your idea of God? You, you don't know until we come to the devotees who can. When this is where he, this is where Krishna is. This is what all the different man here is Krishna. Otherwise, they're going, where's God? I can't see him. So on. That's because they don't have the eyes, nor are they the object illuminated. Uh, anyway, he goes on. Uh, the eyes cannot fulfill their functions without the sun. However, the devotees situated externally uh, are the sun which has risen in the sky and illuminates the worship, which is the eye for them. The worship is what reveals Krishna. So here they're, like the sun, they're situated externally from, from the function as the sun. Uh, the devotees alone, not Indra and others, are worthy of worship for those treading the path of bhakti. The devotees alone, and not parents or relatives, are friends. For those people that wish you well or take care of you or help you out, all of those are devotees. Those who actually have your real benefit at heart. Your parents won't want you to do well. Uh, they, they work really hard so you can go to a prestigious university and get a valuable degree. If you happen to quit, though, and join the Hare Krishnas, watch what happens. All of a sudden, <laughs> uh, it may be that uh, they want uh, you know, to add to their prestige in society by having something they can talk about. Oh, my son or daughter, da-da-da-da-da. 
One devotee I know once once heard his mother talking to his friend, and the friend said to his mother, what is your son doing? She said, he's a Hare Krishna. And her friend said, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so, <laughs> then you don't say anything. <laughs> Uh, so the devotees alone, not parents or relatives, are friends. The devotees alone and not the body or one's own atma are the objects of affection. Atma here meaning the thing you love the most. Uh, uh, the instinct of self-preservation. Uh, we want to preserve and protect the self. We identify with the body and with the mind, but actually it's self. And ultimately it's love of God. The devotees alone are me, the supreme deity. So he takes it here when, when, when in the previous verse where he's talking about myself, that's why it refers to devotees. Because here he says, Santa Aham. See, the previous verse had Aham in it. But Vishnu Chakravarti takes it as talking about devotees. Here it is, Santa Aham, Atmaham. Uh, uh, the devotees alone are me, the supreme deity. One should not give them up and worship only me. That's the purport. If you do that, if we give up the devotees and say, oh, forget all these guys, they're too much of a hassle. I'll just worship Krishna. Or, you know, why, why deal with lesser beings? Let me just go straight to Krishna. Krishna won't appreciate it. Because remember, Krishna's religion has to be respected. He worships devotees, as Lord Chaitanya shows. He wants to become a devotee, too, so he doesn't miss out. Uh, so that's, that, that, that's how we got this, this uh, uh, word, Atma, turning into devotees there. Because he says they, devotees are Atma. Now, uh, the conclusion... Now, of this uh, chapter, uh, text 35. Uh, Thus, losing his desire to be on the same planet as Urvashi, Maharaj Pururava began to wander the earth free of all material association and completely satisfied within the self. Uh, that's the conclusion here. Uh, this word uh, Vaitasena is a uh, name for uh, Pururava. Uh, uh, says Vishnu Charvari Thakur, Pururava, the son of Vitasena. Vitasena means he whose troops became women by entering Shiva's forest. I don't know how he derived that from this name, but, but that's the story of uh, Sujumna uh, that's in the ninth canto. Uh, uh, and here you have uh, the interesting transgendered experience 
uh, 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 so, uh, so that ends up starting as female, going to male, ending up as uh, his mother, who was mother, back as a female. Anyway, uh, so so then uh, this verse concludes the story. He says, after this, he wandered the earth. Uh, uh, because he was detached from Ravashi's place or was detached from seeing her. Uh, because it says this, uh, uh, it, it says here, he says, Mukta Sangha, uh, liberated from all Sangha here, meaning material association. Uh, uh, but it says, Loka Dispriha Mukta, the Sangha Mahinitam. Uh, so uh, this the compound is Loka Nispriha. Either Uravashya Loka Nispriha. Nispriha means free from the desire, sort of the root is not touching, uh, not wanting. Uravashi's planet. Or it can be uh, free from seeing her. You know what I mean? This word uh, Loka. Um, uh, so he was Atmarama, one who takes pleasure in the self. Lord Chaitanya uh, gave so many different Atmaramas. Chamunaya, the verse in the Bhagavatam called the Atmarama verse, gave so many different ways of understanding that verse. So he was Atmarama. And then he traveled, uh, wandered the earth here, because he was detached from either Obasi's place or from. Uh, from seeing her, and so that 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 ends the uh, the Aila Gita. We have a little time. Uh, if you have any questions about this, just hold on for a minute. I'm gonna we'll get a little started with the next uh, next uh, 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 chapter. Uh, uh, which is um, that chapter is called Lord Krishna's Instructions on the Process of Deity Worship. And in there, uh, text 1 through 5, Uddhava uh, asked the Lord for instruction in uh, deity worship, the, the first five verses, and then the rest of the chapter or Krishna's instructions on, on, on deity worship. We're getting close to the end of this canto. Uh, uh, well, it's interesting that this is what's... Uh, what, uh, uh, so we'll look at this first verse. Um, um, uh, you can read the uh, chapter summary uh, yourself sometime. So text one goes... Sri Uva Uvacha Kriya Yogam Samachakshva Bhavad Aradanam Prabhu Yasmatvam Yeyatar Chanti Satvatarashava Sri Uddhava said, My dear Lord, O Master of the Devotees, please explain to me the prescribed method of worshipping you 
in your deity form. What are the qualifications for those devotees who worship the deity? On what basis is such worship established? And what is the specific method of worship? So that's his, his questions. Tell me the, the specific methods, the qualifications for the devotees who worship the deity form of the Lord, and on what basis is such worship established. Uh, and notice here uh, the word that's used, Kriya Yogam Samachakshva. Uh, uh, now please explain Kriya Yogam. Bhavad Aradhanam Prabhu, O Lord, uh, which involves the Aradhanam, the, the deity worship uh, of your Bhavatmaplite form of you, your good self, Prabhupada sometimes translates like that. Yasmatvam, Yeyatat Shanti, based on what kinds of forms are they to worship you, in what manner are they to worship, uh, no, the devotees are called sattvata. In other words, sattvata. Uh, and then he calls him, uh, Krishna, sattvata rishabha, master of the devotees. Uh, sattvata, sattvata rishabha. Uh, so this word, I just want to explain, this little word, kriya yoga, uh, shows up here. It, it comes from the word, the, the, the verb kri, which you get karma. So kri means to uh, act, to do, kri. Uh, uh, and uh, so uh, uh, kriya yoga uh, has... Uh, uh, some very specific uh, uh, meanings. Oh, first of all, I should read the, read the purport here. Um, in addition to performing their prescribed duties, devotees of the Lord engage in regulated worship of the Lord in his deity form in the temple. Such worship acts powerfully to cleanse the heart of both the lust to enjoy one's material body and the material family attachments that result directly from this lust. To be effective, however, the process of deity worship must be performed in the authorized way. Therefore, Uddhava now inquires from the Lord about this subject. Uh, and uh, what Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur says, uh, 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 the way it's translated here, uh, Buddha said, O Lord, O Master of the devotees, please explain your worship called Kriya Yoga, taking shelter of which the devotees worship you in a proper way. And his purport, in the 27th chapter, Krishna describes bhakti in the form of deity worship called Kriya Yoga, along with various articles of worship while engaging in one's prescribed duties. Bhakti without association of devotees 
is difficult for persons whose minds are attached to sons and wife. Uh, as they kind of allude to this in the BBT purport, you have material attachments. Um, so for those persons, and Uddhava asks about such persons who follow deity worship mentioned in the scriptures in order to free them from this attachment. Describe Kriya Yoga, taking shelter of which, yasmat, the devotees worship you. That's the, that's the translation here. And uh, uh, the word Kriya Yoga uh, shows up. In, in fact, the word is in the Mona Williams Dictionary. And, and, and uh, when they give definitions of words, sometimes they, they, they cite the text where the word is found. And they happen to, to cite Shrimad uh, Bhagavatam 4.13.3, <laughs> the place where Kriya Yoga uh, uh, shows up. Uh, uh, so uh, 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 that text uh, goes... Manye Maha Bhagavatam Naradam Deva Darshanam Yenapukto Kriya Yoga Paricharya Vidir Harim. Vidura continued, this Vidura speaking. I know that the great sage Narada is the greatest of all devotees. Maha Bhagavatam Narada. He has compiled the Pancharachic procedure of devotional service. And has directly met the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So that Pancharachika procedure of devotional service is Kriya Yoga. Uh, in, the, in the word for word, it's translated just as devotional service. So Prabhupada has written in the purport there are two ways of approaching the Supreme Lord. One is called Bhagavata Marga, or the way of Srimad Bhagavatam. And the other is called Pancharachika Vidhi. Uh, Pancharachika Vidhi is the method of temple worship. And Bhagavata Vidhi is the system of nine processes which began with hearing and chanting. The Krishna consciousness movement accepts both processes simultaneously and thus enables one to make steady progress on the path of realization of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. This Pancharachika procedure was first introduced by the great sage Narada as referred to here by Vidura. Uh, this Pancharachika comes from a word meaning five nights. I don't know how by time nights, an obstinate day of five nights. Uh, uh, but I don't understand exactly how that, that, that group of works is as, uh, called the Pancharachika literature. Uh, uh, Prabhupada in Bhagavatam 1.5.36 uh, there's a verse uh, which uh, uh, says yat atra kriyate karma bhagavat paritoshanam yadam yat uh, so whatever work is done here, atra here in this life, 
Bhagavat Paratoshanam for the satisfaction of the mission of the Lord is called, and the word is used here uh, uh, in the word bhakti yoga, uh, uh, or transcendental loving service to the Lord, and what is called knowledge becomes a concomitant factor. Yanam uh, comes along with it. But when Prabhupada discusses this, he uh, says uh, in the purport, Bhakti Yoga is considered by some to be another form of karma. Because when it comes to the word creed, to do something, to be an activity in the world, but actually Bhakti Yoga is above both karma and jnana. Bhakti Yoga is independent of jnana and karma, on the other hand, jnana and karma are dependent on bhakti yoga. The kriya yoga or karma yoga, so here he's using this word kriya yoga, is recommended by Sri Narada to Vyas, is specifically recommended because the principle is to satisfy the Lord. So that Prabhupada uses this term, uh, kriya yoga. Uh, we used to have people come to our temple back in the really old days when we were on Chelton Avenue. Uh, and they would sit in our temple room and do some kind of breathing exercises. It sounded like old-fashioned steam radiators. And they were doing what they called Kriya Yoga. And they said they liked to do it in the temple because the atmosphere was really peaceful. So, yeah, okay, go ahead. No, but, but here's what the, the meaning is, is what this is. And in the Nectar of Devotion, uh, at the end of Chapter 9, Prabhupada says, in the Agni Purana, it is stated, any person who in gladness sees the worship of the deity in the temple will obtain the results of Kriya Yoga, which are described in the Pancharatra scripture. And then Prabhupada, that's a quotation from the Agni Purana. And Prabhupada says, Kriya Yoga is a system of practice, much like practical devotional service, but it is especially meant for the mystic yogis. In other words, by this gradual process, the mystic yogis are eventually elevated to the devotional service of the Lord. He mentions it there also. Uh, uh, so that's the, that's the uh, 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 places where Kriya Yoga is uh, mentioned here as being simul- as deity worship or the Pancharatrika Viti. Uh, the regulations of, of, of uh, deity worship. So that's that's what's uh, going to be discussed. So we'll pick up there with text number two of uh, this uh, process of deity worship. And uh, we'll have a little time. If there are any questions or comments, you can uh, text them in. Or I'll just make a quick comment that... Um it's interesting how sometimes as devotees we, or I've heard from devotees and non-devotees as well, that sometimes we can be so focused on um, you know, surrender everything to Krishna, just be very single-minded on worshiping Krishna, that um, sometimes it's seen as a fault that we ignore everybody else and then just worship Krishna. And if we just worship Krishna, everything will be okay. But in order to worship Krishna, you actually have to pay attention to the other devotees. So 
as those people who try to worship Krishna to the exclusion of the devotees, especially if you worship Krishna in the form of a deity, you know, he really uh, is quite quite uh, uh, normally doesn't interfere with your life. <laughs> doesn't talk. <laughs> Easier to get along with. Uh, Pajari sometimes complain about this, that, that, that you know, you're, you're on the altar with, with Radha and Krishna, and you just, you know, uh, there's, if you've done that service, you can feel how nice, nice it is. And then when you come out and you have to deal with devotees with opinions and uh, disagreements, let's do it like this, just do it like that, then you, 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 you don't want to, uh, you don't want to deal with that. Uh, the devotees so much. And that's a difficulty. Pajari sometimes run across. Uh, uh, they think it's easier. But you, first of all, you, you can't, for most of us, at least deity worship is done in the temple. It requires a number of people uh, to be done just to maintain the temple, uh, to take care of the deities. It's, it's normally an expensive thing you have a big, a big temple. I mean, all the deity worship can in some ways be done very, very simply if you have to, but, but really, uh, everyone uh, gets involved uh, uh, in help in some way and, uh, and uh, facilitates this. Uh, uh, Prabhupada didn't quite understand, was, was kind, of, kind of very pleasantly surprised by how, uh, how um, eagerly Western devotees took to deity worship. Thought they might be so strange, alien thing, you know, to them. But uh, we really, we really uh, took it up and uh, uh, really liked it. And it, it, it's it's one way of engaging the senses, all of them. Uh, is your sense of touch, your sense of sight, your sense of hearing. Uh, even if you take a remnant, your sense of taste. So you're, you're, you're really, you're really uh, uh, meditating on the Lord in a very, very powerful way that purifies the senses. Uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, Krishna is all perfect and wonderful, and by contrast, sometimes devotees, uh, at least in the normal course of things, if you're individuals and there's some kind of friction, is what Prabhupada called transcendental disagreement. Let's serve Krishna like this, let's serve Krishna like that. And you may forget it's transcendental. Uh, and, uh, and so, uh, uh, but uh, it's, uh, we, we owe a great deal to it. And uh, uh, it, should, it should be supported quite uh, uh, quite enthusiastically, and the devotees who are directly engaged in it should be really facilitating. It's a very demanding service. I mean, the deities have to be woken up at a certain time. You just have to be there. It's a vidi. There, there's rules. There's injunctions, what to do, what to do that. The, the, in the Sanskrit grammar, vidi lin are the, are the case endings that tell what you ought to do, which you know, tells you your injunctions, which you and so it's pancharatika vidhi, it's, it's, it's a discipline. Uh, and so the demands are, 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 are quite, uh, quite uh, 
as rigorous uh, to do to do it right. And Prabhupada simplified much of it for us. Uh, if you talk to somebody who's been in the traditional Indian temple that's maintained high standards, it's amazing uh, how rigorous it is. Um, uh, so, uh, uh, but but if you if you just worship the deity and uh, and, and neglect the devotees, it'll it'll spoil things. Uh, Kendra has a question. He says, my basis can you say anything about Uddhava's train of thought, how he progresses from the previous chapter to the current one? And also he says, I, uh, by the way, I love how you said that, the devo- that devotee worship is Krishna's religion. Um, uh, I, I have a, 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 if, you, if you see what happens in this, in this chapter, it goes from this where where uh, 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 Guruva stands in as somebody who's I mean he's an incredibly advanced person in many many ways materially and spiritually but he uh, and he falls for you know n- not just any woman Uruvashi. <laughs> uh and uh, you know um, I mean Brahma wants her in his court. That's pretty high up there. Uh, so he moves in very high circles, uh, and yet now he has to come down to this realization that even on his level, he can become very fallen and can go down. So then the next is about deity worship, which is Kriya Yoga, uh, uh, and uh, 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 so that 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 is a good way uh, to begin a, a relationship with the Lord. For those who don't yet have those eyes that illuminate God, this is how God has appeared. Prabhupada uh, is remarked that Krishna is not stone or wood; he's spirit, but he can appear as stone or as wood so that you can see him and touch him. Because if you can only see that, then Chris say, okay, I'll appear that way. And he can just matter to spirit and spirit to matter back again, no problem. So this is a sort of a, how to, the, the, you know, if you've been like, and you, you want association of devotees and, uh, and that's been recommended. And it's interesting, see, it goes from associating with devotees to deity worship. But, but, uh, deity worship takes place in, in association with devotees, uh, and it's a, uh, 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 a good next step. The next chapter is called Jnana Yoga, uh, 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 which is at least a real, uh, 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 can be a step up to, to, to now really dedicate yourselves completely to the project of getting uh, free from a sense gratification and philosophically firm up what you can uh, uh, um, uh, learn. And then after Janana Yoga, uh, understand the difference between matter and spirit, understand your own nature as a spiritual being, uh, understand the 
spiritual self. And that's good. That's a good long chapter. And then after that, Bhakti Yoga. So we come back to Bhakti Yoga uh, uh, again. So it seems to me there's a, a kind of uh, uh, presented as a progression. And that's the end of the, that's the end of the, the Uddhava Gita. Because the next uh, chapter about that uh, goes back to Maharaj Pariksit saying after this conversation with Uddhava, uh, what did the Lord do in the city of Dwarka? And then it's about the disappearance of the Yadu dynasty. And, uh, and that, uh, that's the end of the story, end of the, end of the canto. But this is, we're leading up to the, uh, the, the, the conclusion here. But it seems to me there's some kind of a, of a connection there. First of all, one form of bhakti yoga in the form of deity worship, which is, is, is in some ways very easy to understand. Uh, uh, it involves tangible things. Uh, it involves uh, what you can eat, how you act, uh, you know, all these things. And then jnana yoga, then bhakti yoga. We'll discover exactly why this progression is there, but that's what it seems to be is going on. Okay? So we'll pick up again with text number two of Canto 11, chapter 27. Thank you very much. Shumad Bhagavatam, Aki, Jai, Srila, Prabhupada, Aki, Jai.